And welcome to Truth Be Told. This is our weekly broadcast. We are concerned with the truth, the truth, the truth. Not man's truth, but God's truth. We have been lied to long enough. America, it is time for us to wake up. Those of us who believe that God is alive and he is in heaven and that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sin, we need to stand up united together in the spirit of God because we have the greatest backing ever been that has ever been known to man and that is god god says do not fear because lo i am with you wherever you go we need to stand up we need to stop letting them knock us around and take away our god-given rights Thank you so much, Father, for waking us up this morning and allowing us to see your blessed day, a day that you created, not a day created for sin, but a day that was created for your beloved Christians, Father, a day that you will allow even those who don't know your name to bathe in your glory because that's what kind of God you are. But look at what we do each and every day of our lives. We sin we sin and we sin and then we come to you and then we don't acknowledge our sin but yet we ask for a favor please forgive us please father forgive them who don't know you and let your grace and mercy fall on them we pray father that you will guide us and you will instruct us on how to conduct ourselves and father through your holy word we are, are, are we can rest assured that you are in control of everything in jesus name amen romans chapter 6 verse 1 dead to sin alive in christ what shall we say then shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase by no means we die to sin how can we live in it any longer or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into christ jesus were baptized into his death we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Not the same old life, a new life. That was Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 4. See, in verse 1, Paul answers uh, an, a, a potential objection to his teachings on grace. Namely, that if the law caused sin to increase, which led to more grace, then continuing in sin would lead to even greater outpourings of grace. Paul rejects this on the basis that the reign of sin in the believer's life has definitely ended. How on earth can you continue to do something that you're dead to? Okay, so that's what Paul and it and just because you get grace don't mean you abuse grace. 
you see, you, you're saying to me that, okay, just because God says it's okay, he's going to give me some grace here, forgive me. I'll just continue on living a sinful life. I'll just continue to live the way I'm living, say, do, the, what, do what I'm doing, talk the way I talk. You know what I mean? Because God's going to forgive me anyway. Well, brothers and sisters, that's not the right attitude to have. Because even in here it says the wages of sin is death. Death is separation from God. So we need to die to sin and be alive to God. He says, and in, in, in when he when he answered him in verse two, he says, you know, may it never be, you know, that we would think or do that. Let it never be, because he he says by no means in the NIV, and meganote is a Greek word, I believe, is for, and it's just almost like it's unheard of. Don't you dare even, don't let it even be mentioned uh, among you. So you don't want. To take advantage of grace like that Because suppose you don't Get a chance to ask for forgiveness When you are sinning Because that grace Covers you So he says you can ask for forgiveness Of your sins even though You don't deserve it And he'll give it You forgiveness And he won't remember them any longer See that's grace unmerited favor God's giving you some, you know, when you come in late at night and you don't get a beating, you say, okay, whew, that's what you call grace. Well, now you're not going to go out and come in late again, are you? Because that's stupid. That would be stupid. And it would really be stupid to expect grace to meet you at the door this time. I'm just, you know, that's, I know that's old school uh, parenting, but you know, it works. It still works. So I died to sin. When you say died to sin, it indicates that you are no longer under the power of control of sin. So then why am I doing it? Therefore, they must not live as though they are still under it. So in other words, don't live like you're under sin anymore. You've been released from that. So don't, don't, when you get baptized and you're walking with Jesus Christ, well, let, let's, let's do this. Let's do this the right way when you hear God's word and you believe it and you say okay I believe this and I am going to change my life through Christ Jesus now when you get ready to make that move let's just be very very honest you're going to meet some uh, blockage. You're going to meet people that are going to get in your way and try to encourage you to go back the other way. Okay, it's going to take strength now, but it's also going to have to take, excuse me, it's going to take faith in God that you say, you know what? I know that that's, you know, that's what I used to do, but I'm no longer that person anymore. And if you continue to do that and say that and live that, uh, you, you, you won't have to worry about them bugging you for maybe much longer. They'll leave you alone. But if every time they come and you go with them or every 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 three or four days you go with them, see, you're setting up a pattern and they'll never take you seriously. So if you're going to serve God, serve him all the time. And when you repent, repent means you turn away from that behavior. Now, you, you turn away from it, that means you're not going to go back and repeat it. There's a story in the Bible about the blind beggar and uh, a beggar. And he, 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 when Jesus touched him and healed him, he took off his beggar garments and he threw them away because he didn't need them anymore. He was not going to go back to begging. His begging garments was where he slept with, he covered himself with, that's where he collected his money on. So this garment was very important and vital to his, his day-to-day activity. But once he was healed, once he was healed, he gave it, he, he didn't need it any longer. Once you've been baptized, you don't need any other crutches that you used to have. He says, my grace is sufficient for thee. So... 
I'm dead to sin. Why am I dead to sin? Because in verse uh, 3, this is what I'm going to read to you. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So you were baptized into Christ Jesus. Uh, you were baptized into him. So you are part of his family. You have been baptized and born again. So you are no longer under condemnation, but now you are a slave to righteousness. So baptism is the practice through which believers identify with the second Adam who Christ compare. If you look at chapter five in the same book, you get a comparison there on that object there uh, about Adam Christ being the second Adam because you know actually we 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 just we dealt with that you know Adam went through through one man sin came and through another man life came so Adam brought sin into uh, into the world and Jesus Christ got rid of it okay so that's what they're talking about the second Adam Paul uses water baptism by immersion as a metaphor for the believers new life in Christ identified with Christ through his death burial and resurrection and see when you go down into water with grave or baptism that's what you're doing you're you're symbolically being buried uh underwater uh but it be when Christ went under the under underground but we don't want to go outside and bury you in the ground, cover you up for six, you know, cover you up with dirt and then dig you up. No, God says I'm not going to put you through that. Water. Water baptism. Okay. So baptism is an, an interary rite that serves as a proclamation of God's work in the life of the individual and the church. The word baptism comes from the Greek baptisma, which is related to the Greek verb baptizo. It refers to washing, dipping, or immersing something into water. Various ancient Near Eastern religions in the Old Testament contain reference to ceremonial washing. But brothers and sisters, Jesus said that's why Jesus' example was what? He went down in the watery grave of baptism. John baptized him. So we don't have to worry about that. Oh, should we just wash our hands? No. If Jesus washed his whole body, then we should definitely be washing our whole body. So that's where we at with baptism, okay? So now let's look at verse 5. We didn't read 5 yet, so let's read it now. Verse 5 says, if we live, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. So likeness of his death. Believers participate in Christ's death, okay? You participate in Christ's death, those of you who have been baptized, uh, through which they experience freedom and separation from the power of sin. I don't know. I think that's something you really have to experience, that if you have been living a life of sin, that once you come out of that sinful behavior through Christ Jesus, you, you, don't, it's, you don't realize the freedom. You don't realize how much uh, bondage that that lifestyle had you in. You don't realize that until you come out of it. And it is a sense of freedom. It's almost like you're walking lighter. You, you're stressing less. You're sleeping better, you know. Uh, but you're not as worried as, and your body is not as battered and beat up, see. So uh, he says this also. Let's can continue on with uh with five, he said, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Let me include verse six with that. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. 
okay, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And verse 7, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. So, see, the Bible is is really very straightforward on that. If, if you've died to sin, you've, you've, you've been set free from it. So, you, if you're still sinning, and you just you, then you 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 never you you're never washed. I say that slowly because I don't want to insult people. But here's the deal: if 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 when we get buried, we put all the sin to death, then it can't be no more. And that and that sin, those sins, those sins that you did, those have been put to death. But brothers and sisters, as long as you live, there's the opportunity for sin to in, interact into your life again but the problem with that sin is going to have this time that you've been baptized into christ jesus is that he's there now to block it so what he does is he forgives you every time anytime you ask him he forgives you but see you shouldn't be sinning all the time knowingly Yes, there's some opportunities for you to sin and not know it, but there's also a lot of times when you're sinning, you know it. Because the Bible tells us what God does not want. God does not want you to lie. He don't want you to steal. He don't want any fornicators. He don't want any adulterers. He he don't want any uh, uh, any pride for people. You see what I mean? He tells you what he what he wants. See, so if I'm reading the Bible, I'm going to stay in touch with what God wants. And as long as I stay in touch with what God wants, then everything is going to work itself out. Because all things work for the good of those who serve the Lord. So our old man might refer to the pre previous era of humanity under the effects of Adam's sin. Alternatively, it could refer to unregenerated or fallen human nature. You may have heard something in the background there, but I had my window open, and uh, I'm almost done with the podcast, and I really don't want to start all over because it won't be the same. So we're going to carry on. So if I was crucified together with him, uh, it occurred either at the time of Christ's crucifixion or at the time of our baptism. Okay, well, the body of sin used here, somatis hamatias, refers to a person's physical body or the whole person, which is still subject to sin. Okay, so you are no longer going to be a slave to sin once you've been baptized. Not, and you've been baptized and brought back into a right relation with God. Paul does not mean that believers no longer sin. That's what I was trying to make sure we understand. But Christ, okay, his death and resurrection have freed them from the rule of sin. Sin does not control you. You are now, uh, uh, you're able to use your freedom. So you make a choice now because I can make a choice whether to sin or not to sin. I know many of us go to that scripture and say, uh, those things that I want to do, I do not. And those things which I do not want to do, I do. That sin living in me. Well, that's just what it is. It doesn't mean that it's okay. He's just telling you there's still some sin in you. That's the problem. There's nothing wrong with the word of God. There's nothing wrong per se with you. It is sin living in you. That's the problem. So whatever that thing is that you're doing, what you have to do is decide, okay, am I going to do that or am I going to serve God? Because that's the only options we have. But if I keep succumbing to sin, it's going to rule my life. And even though I go to church and wear a good suit and shake a good hand and say a good, good prayer, if I'm not in the right relationship with God, it's all for nothing. 
you've been freed. You've been justified or freed. You are justified or acquitted from the consequences of sin. But now you got to walk in a, a life of an obedience. So verse 8 tells me, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him as well. So we're going to take that up and, and, and talk about that the next time we come together, Lord will. I pray that the rest of your day and your time is, is a blessing. I hope that you will continue to uh, hang on here with me and enjoy this ride. And uh, we're going to make sure that America stays strong, America stays great. But uh, uh, nevertheless, if they don't want to, we know that the kingdom of God is coming back to get those of us who believe in him and who are going to stand up for the truth. Thank you. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. Mm -hmm.